So I think that's something that really helps me on a day-to-day. The intention can be there, everything to go exactly the way I planned for it to go. And some days it'll happen and that's great. And I will feel really happy. And some days it'll be just like a huge bummer. Things won't go the way I want it to, but what am I supposed to take away from this? How is this supposed to help me in my book writing journey, in the moving process, in settling in New York? I've been trying to just take everything as a lesson and not become so frustrated on this wasn't the way I wanted it to go. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Pursuit podcast. Happy October. This for me is the best time of the year. I love when the holidays start coming around and I feel like a lot of people feel like this, but I'm not really a summer girl. I'm more of a fall girl and that's really funny to say because I grew up in Miami and so I never had seasons. So I think now living in Madrid where there are seasons, I'm really enjoying this time of year. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to quickly say thank you because we charted on another three Apple podcast charts, this time in the Philippines. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting. It means the world to me. Every time we chart, I sort of have to pinch myself because I can't believe that a show that started in my apartment with a pair of Apple headphones, cord headphones, and my laptop has now charted on 25 Apple podcast charts and counting. And the fact that we have created this community from scratch is just something I'm so proud of. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this community. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for leaving a review. Thank you for subscribing. It's it's not possible without you guys. So muchas, muchas gracias. Speaking of community, if you're a regular listener of the show, then you know that I started my membership on Patreon, and I'm so excited to say that we had our first live call this past Sunday, and it was so fun. Thank you so much to everyone that showed up. It was a great time. We talked about the three simple steps we can do today to change our life. This came from the Mel Robbins podcast, which you guys know I love her, and Mel Robbins, if you ever listen to this show, just know that I'm your biggest fan. Actually, a lot of people have told me I am a walking encyclopedia when it comes to things like self-development and mindset shifts and self-love because it has been one of my biggest passions for so many years that I really just want to spread that knowledge and that love everywhere I go because it has changed my life so much that I know it can change yours. This is why I love the Patreon community because we're able to connect about these topics and we're able to support each other. This past Sunday, we were talking about the fact that there are 80 days left in 2022. Yep, my jaw just dropped. And there are 20 days left in October. And I was telling them, imagine where we can be in just 80 days if we use this community to not only go through tips and tricks of self-development and self-love and mindset shifts, but we also are there to support one another and keep each other accountable for the end of the year, to get to a point at the end of 2022 where we can say, yeah, I have momentum for the new year. Yes, I'm taking care of not only my body, I'm taking care of my mind, I'm taking care of my soul, my spirit. I'm surrounded by people that are doing the same thing. Yes, I know the things that I can do now every single day to just get one little step closer to the thing I love to do, one step closer to the person I wanna become. This is what the community is there for. 
So if you want to be a part of a community that not only inspires you, but really motivates you, gives you momentum to take the steps every single day you need to take to transform your own life, the link is below. You can check out, it says Patreon community. I would love to see you there. And the best part is that each tier is less than $10 for the price of some things at Target, for an iced latte, for even Spotify once a month. You can also be a part of a community that is there to support you and nourish you. And I get it. If $10 isn't something you can do right now, that's totally fine. Just ask yourself, what are some things you can do that are going to support you to move forward into your life to end 2022 on a high note? To end 2022 with some momentum to start 2023 as the person that you know you are meant to be. And if in 2023 you feel ready to be a part of the Patreon community, then you know where to find us. Today's guest is Jess Mora. She is an NYC-based entrepreneur and author. She has been an advocate for first-generation, low-income, and or students of color for six years, helping students feel empowered in their educational journey. This passion culminated her in writing a book, Spread Your Wings and Fly, How to Effectively Navigate College as a First-Generation, Low-Income Student. She currently sits on the alumni board of High Jump Chicago, an education-focused nonprofit, and on the alumni board of directors at the Latin School of Chicago. Currently, Jess is a part-time content creator, speaker, and soon-to-be podcast host. When she is not pursuing her business endeavors, Jess can be spotted doing acrobatics at the beach, doing yoga, or playing on a local basketball team. Without further ado, please welcome Jess Mora. Lead us through the journey. Yeah, I actually feel like just my role in the first-gen student broader educational space happened very organically. When I was in middle school, I was a part of an enrichment program where basically I was going to school on Saturdays during the school year and during the summer for five weeks, Monday through Friday. And so it was like there that I like, I think started grasping a little bit about like disparities in education of, oh, this just feels very different from like my public school. Like classes are a lot smaller. Teachers just have a lot more time to pay attention to each student. And so from there, I think that sparked the seed a little bit of what's going on here. I think at that point I had more questions than answers. And I think that curiosity has followed me like through high school and college and eventually taking up leadership roles in those spaces to try to both investigate some of those questions that I had, but also as I'm finding some of the answers and also going through my own experience kind of help the people that are coming after me oh actually like I tried doing that thing and it didn't work out but like I realized that if you like ask this person or go through the center you're going to get through things a lot quicker so that's how everything started shaping up how everything started happening and eventually culminated in in me writing a book about it because I'm like I'm, I'm already so passionate about it I've been thinking about this for so many years like why not actually put it on paper And how long did it take you to write the book? Not very long. I started writing June of 2020, and then it published April of 2021. That's so soon. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have done it if we hadn't gone through a pandemic because I was just like at home all the time. And I think everyone else was at home all the time. So I was like hopping on phone calls, meetings, writing, just because I had so much time on my hands. Wow. And what was that process like when you started writing the book? Was there any moment? So I feel like something we talk about a lot on the podcast is that mindset shift you have to have when you're going for something that you really want to do and you really love. 
that mindset shift of maybe some people think that's not possible because of your age or because of where you come from or because of what you've been doing already for so many years. So was there ever a moment when you were writing this book and going for this dream that you felt, I don't want to give up or this is too hard or I don't know what I'm doing? Yeah, so it's actually a very interesting story and in that I, I don't think I've shared the origins of this story anywhere else. But in 2018, I was dating someone during college and one of their gifts, I think it was for Valentine's Day, was a little like booklet that they had painted and they asked me a bunch of questions that I could then go back and fill in an answer. And one of those questions was like your bucket list of like life items or whatnot. And I remember like looking at that page and being like, huh, it would be cool to write a book one day. But I didn't really think about it because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to write on. I don't even know how to publish a book. But I was like, I think it would be cool. So I literally wrote it down in like this gift that, that I'd gotten in 2018 and I didn't think about it again. And then in 2020, as I was finishing up my thesis and I like a professor at Georgetown chat to me being like, hey, I'm running this book writing course. Do you want to do it? Initially, when he reached out, I was like, no, because I was like, I don't think this is like a good time. So I like put it off. And then he reached out again a few months later. And it was right when I had actually finished my thesis. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I still have a lot left to say on this topic. So I said yes. But the interesting part is even though I had said yes, I'd sign up for the program. I think they had us put in like a deposit or something to hold our spot. I still didn't want to tell people because for me, it was like once I started telling people, then it was real. And honestly, at that point in June 2020, I wasn't sure that I could write a book, even though I knew it was something that was on my bucket list, something that would be super cool to do. I just I was like, what if something happens and like, I don't end up finishing and then I have to tell people, never mind, it's not happening. So I think that was the biggest shift for me to overcome is to just be like, whether it actually happens or not, just feel confident in the phase that you're currently in right now and push through it. You're not going to see the end goal from where you stand today. Just get through like this one chapter, get through this one part. And I think the more I just focus on those like shorter goals, the more I felt a little bit more comfortable. And at the end, what I ended up doing is like just bringing people along my journey Oh, this is where I'm at. I just interviewed this one person or I just finished this one chapter on this or sharing my like table of contents. I think that was a big moment for me, just like when I even felt comfortable and sure enough of myself to actually share it publicly. I can relate to that so much because it was the same thing that happened to me when I was starting this podcast. It was like, should I even tell people that this is what I want to do? I don't even know if I can do this. I don't even, I don't even know if I'm good at this, but it's like you said, taking the small little steps, I think is what really helped me. It's what's helped me with pretty much everything I've started. You know, that's what we talk a lot about here on the podcast is like everyone that has come on this pod and has talked about their journey has said that I just went little by little. I just did certain things I knew could take me the step closer that I needed to get to that place, to my dream or to that goal. And so I love what you said that you also have to do things messy and just have faith that whatever it is that you're doing in this moment has a bigger outcome later on yeah it comes back to one of my favorite things of you don't have to know you don't have to know where you're going from where you stand today I think that can be really reassuring for me especially when I can't see like the end destination like when I don't feel like it's in sight but I'm like I don't have to know what or where that point is for me to 
take those steps today. And because I think back to like internships I've had, or even like moving to New York, for example, a year ago, like it wasn't even on my radar. Like a year ago, I was just, I don't know, like journaling, like trying to do scripting and manifesting and being like just following the things that make me feel good. And I've realized in the end, those little blocks build up and you end up like, I don't know, a year from now doing something that you were like, oh my gosh, like I would have never thought that's where I would end up. So those small changes really do add up. Yeah. And it's crazy because you were saying how you wrote it down years ago, but you never thought of it. And I am such a believer in the power of writing. I journal every single day. And I just think that there's something to it. There's something to writing down what you want and going for that. And that coming to life, because it's like you setting something in stone, almost like it's just something like your body knows that you're writing it. So you must want it so badly that you're going to do the things you need to do to get there. And you just talked about, you're moving to New York, which I wanted to bring up because I think it takes guts. Like I've moved from Miami to LA, then LA to Madrid. And it takes guts. Every time you move, it's a different place, different people, different customs, different everyday activities, different, everything you just changes. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about what that was like for you making the decision to move from Chicago to New York. So I think the decision itself happened naturally. I'd never been to New York a year ago and I came over to visit a friend last October and then I just kept coming back to get away from Chicago to go to a networking event. And it was then that I was like, there's obviously something here that's pulling me back into the city. Why not actually move there? And it like lined up really well with my lease ending. So I think that like making the decision itself felt like natural and it felt easy, but I think everything else leading up to it was what was most challenging. Chicago is where my entire family is, like parents, grandparents, extended family, aunts, cousins, uncles, everyone is in Chicago. And so leaving that behind, especially just before summer, which I feel like is when all the big family gatherings and barbecues and everything's happening. I've definitely experienced like a little bit of FOMO just like this summer watching all of my cousins get together and go to like baby showers and all that kind of stuff. So that definitely tugs at my heart a little bit when it came time to actually fly to New York. But I knew it was going to be something that was going to take me out of my comfort zone, something that I was going to have to figure out who I am in a new space, what makes me happy in a new space and how I build a support system for myself. Because I think in Chicago, at least for me, it was really easy to fall back on my default support system, like friends that I've known since middle school, family that I've had forever. And I think I'm really lucky to have that. But I'm like, who am I really when I'm the person building myself up, choosing what I do on a day to day? What are my habits like? What do I seek out to do for fun? And it's really weird, because even though it's only been a few months, I feel like I'm a completely different person in New York than I was in Chicago. So it's definitely paying off, but it has not been an easy journey. Some days I'm like, just like laying in bed, like, I wish I had plans. (laughs) It's just like one of those like slower days. Like I don't have family just be like, hey, can I go over and just have dinner with you guys? So those things are definitely tricky and hard, but it's been really rewarding thus far as well. Totally understand that. It is just almost like flexing a new muscle. You going to a new city, being alone for the first time, maybe, or like just being around different people. It just makes you become a different person. It just makes you think of things in a different way and use different parts of your brain and the way that you 
act and the way that you are, it just opens up this whole other part of you. So I definitely relate. And I think that it really creates almost like a definite new chapter. You moving somewhere is it's so new that it's like a blank slate and that has pros and cons, like you were saying. I love what you said about it being something that was hard, almost like leading up to it, not so much the moving because that's so true. It's almost like you thinking of everything you have to do that to get there. And it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of anxiety, a lot of calls back and forth, organizing. And then when you actually move, the other part of it comes where it's like, okay, I now moved and now I need to furnish my apartment or I need to meet new people. And I think something that not all people talk about, which I'm super passionate about, is this topic of how hard it is to make new friends when you're older. And we've talked about this before on a connect call we had earlier, but it's so true. It's so hard to make friends when you're older. So what have you been doing lately in a new city that has helped you branch out and make new friends or make new connections? Yeah, I think what for me came up first, okay, if I want to make friends, the way I do that is being a regular in certain spaces or finding community. So I've tried to do that in a variety of ways. Some work better than others. First, I like joined a yoga studio and I was like, okay, I will show up at the yoga studio regularly and start seeing a lot of the same people. The downfall to that is that people don't really talk during yoga or before or after So I was not very successful in finding friends at my yoga studio. They're all great people, but we just, it doesn't really lend itself to forming those connections. I think another way that I've been trying to just seek out people has been by going into the office. I work fully remotely, but we do have an office in New York. And some days when we have food in the office or happy hours or like workout classes, I will go to those just to start seeing some of the same people, getting to know more of my coworkers. So that's, I think, been the thing I've had the most success with this summer. And a recent endeavor has been for me to join a basketball team, just to start seeing a lot of the same people. I know, like, I knew probably two or three people on the team going into it, but everyone else was new. And so I think that's been a really cool way because depending on who shows up to the practices or the games, I'm getting to know a new person. Some of those people have been in New York for two or three years. Some of those people have been in New York for four to five years. And so it's a great way just to get to know them, but also like then like they have friends that they'll sometimes bring. Or two days ago, we had a movie night at one of the teammates, one of our teammates' house. And so it was also just a great way that was more casual, like we weren't playing or like on the court or anything, just getting to catch up, meet new people. So I think that has also been a really rewarding part. And I'm like really thankful for kind of my two initial friends on the basketball team who brought me into that group of friends. So I think it's been a really great support system, even though it's like the season literally just started two weeks ago. I think it's become one of my favorite things this fall. Having yeah. something in common is so helpful. I heard someone say once, I think it was a friend of mine who I was asking her at the time when I was single, I was asking her for relationship advice. I'm like, where do you find guys? Where is it that the guys go hang? The ones that I want to go hang with. And she said something that I have, I've always thought of, even with friendships where she was saying, where would you want to go hang out during the day? And I kept saying coffee shops or bookstores, or I love mini concerts and like, all these different things. And she said, so go there, go there more 
and try to connect with people there more. Because if you want to meet a guy or if you want to meet a friend and you're in a place where they went to willingly themselves, then that's Mm -hmm. something that you guys have in common. And that's probably something that you guys would do anyway when you start the relationship or when you have the friendship. And when she said that, I was like, it's so easy. That is such an easy little (laughs) thing, but you don't think about that. You're always like, oh, I have to go out every night or I have to go to all these hangs. And it's, if you don't like that, then maybe you should try going somewhere where you do like to meet people there that like the same things. Absolutely. And I think more often than not, like when you do go to those spaces, yeah, you have that initial thing in common, but if you're both frequenting that same, I don't know, workout studio, coffee shop, chances are you also have similar values in other ways. Like maybe if you're both going to the same workout class every Wednesday, like it shows that you're like both really into self-care. You like carve out the time and your busy schedule to really take care of yourselves. Maybe that means you're also into mindfulness and just taking reset days during the week and not falling trapped to like the hustle bustle of everyday life. So I think it that's one similarity where you instantly click, but I think you can very quickly realize, oh wait, because we're both here at this time in this place, it probably means that there are other kind of factors playing into like why we are similar in those ways. For sure. I think the hardest part is going up to someone and being like, it seems like you and I like the same things. <laughs> 100%. There was, there was something you said before that when you were writing your book that you were saying how you were taking the step-by-step process. And regardless of either if it's your book or you moving to New York or the way that you're living now, like just your everyday routine now, in your everyday routine, do you feel like there's something specific you do that helps you get into this mindset of giving it your all that day, getting creative and going for the things that you have been trying to accomplish or just get closer to every day? I am very big on affirmation. So I try to incorporate that into my everyday routine. I wake up every day, obviously intending to have a good day. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it does not. And this is definitely easier said than done. And I do not get it right every time, but it's like kind of the certainty or just knowing life doesn't happen like to me, it happens for me. Life is not going to go your way every day. And that's a part of the journey. But if you take every kind of hiccup or every bump as an opportunity of what was I supposed to learn from this? Was it, was I taking it too quickly? Was I actually meant to be stuck in traffic so that I could be inspired by the person just waiting for the light to turn green? And that, I'll give an example. One day I was like, okay, I'm going to have the best day ever. I'm going to go like to basketball practice. I'm going to go get acupuncture. It's going to be such a relaxing day. And then I got to basketball practice, basketball practice went well. And then the train that I was supposed to take to get to my acupuncture appointment just never showed up. So I was like, okay, I'm going to run late. Like I'll just call an Uber. So I called an Uber and there were two girls standing next to me who were also talking about how like they were going to be late to something. And I overheard that we were more or less heading to the same direction. And I was like, Hey, I just called an Uber. I'm like going to be late to an appointment. Do you just want to hop in an Uber? with me and they were like okay yeah like I'm not gonna wait for this train so me and these two girls who I had just met hopped on the uber but there was a parade or something happening in Brooklyn so the uber couldn't get to the bridge to cross over to Manhattan which is where we were trying to go and so it drives around for 45 minutes and at the end it's just I'm not gonna get you to Manhattan there's there's no way that this is gonna happen 
So I couldn't make my appointment. I ended up getting charged a late fee. He like dropped us off at a subway station so that then we could get on a different subway back into Manhattan. By that point, I was hungry, stressed because I had to miss my appointment because I had to pay the late class fee. But also I just spent like, I don't know, like an hour and a half with two strangers. We were just talking about how long we'd been in New York, how crazy this experience was. Yes, in the moment, very stressful, like not the day I imagined having, but it just got me out there talking to two really cool girls, just making a random connection in New York City, which I feel like is very much like the spirit of the city. So I think that's something that really helps me on a day to day. The intention can be there for everything to go exactly the way I planned for it to go. And some days it'll happen and that's great. And I will feel really happy. And some days it'll be just like a huge bummer. Things won't go the way I want it to, but what am I supposed to take away from this? How is this supposed to help me in my book writing journey, in the moving process, in settling in New York? I've been trying to just take everything as a lesson and not become so frustrated on this wasn't the way I wanted it to go. Why is this happening? Because it can be really easy to spiral into that. So I think that's been one of the things that's been really helpful for me and and at least trying to move through the average day-to-day. It's an important shift to have in the mindset when things don't go your way. It definitely is a decision, right? It's very easy to go with the spiral once you start spiraling because it's like a domino effect. It's like one to the other and then things just aren't going your way the whole day instead of what you did, which is so great. And it's looking at the silver lining, looking at what has worked and what was in your control instead of what wasn't because those things we never have control over, right? Like missing the Uber, missing the train, missing our appointments, et cetera. There's so many times that's happened to me where I'm like, this day did not go as planned. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's always okay. I'm always fine. And the next day comes and it's a different whole experience. And I think that's something I, what you were saying, I've taken away also is just that every day is just 24 hours. And the next day you will have another 24 hours to have a whole different experience, a whole different day. And it's up to us to decide what kind of day we want. So I think I, I love asking that question, or I loved asking you that question about what you do every day to get to that level of creativity or mindset, because I think as creatives, that's really important for us. We need to have something that balances us out because we could be working on our craft forever. And if we don't have that balance, if we don't have that kind of reminder to ourselves, we can really get lost in it. So I think it's important to have. Absolutely. And I think talking about it on like the creator side of things, I think it just helps be a little bit more accepting and give ourselves grace when whether it's pushing out a product, a brand partnership, whatever it might be that we're putting out into the world. It's like, Some of those things will go really well and that's great. And some of those things will not go as we expected and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're failing as a creator. It doesn't mean that like you can never do that thing again. Most, more likely than not, you just learn something from it. Like you learn actually this didn't work the way I thought it would. Let me pivot and try something else. But I think if we take every singular project that we push out so incredibly seriously that we're fixated on its success lose out a little bit on potential lessons learned there like of course give it 100% you're all on like whatever it is that you do but just know that you know whether it works out or not it's not like it's saying something directly about 
your inherent worth or whether or not you should keep doing this thing. It's like, some things will go well, some things, you know, won't go as well, but learning something from it, you become a better creator because of it. Yeah. And that's why I always ask that one question. Well, I ask two questions usually at the end of the podcast, you summed up the one of them, but I usually ask what has been your biggest failure or loss so far and what has been your biggest win or success. And I usually always ask those two questions because the failure one is never a failure. It's always a lesson. And every single person I've had on this podcast has rephrased it to be just that. And it just proves the point of failure does not exist. It's just learning something to do things differently, to try new things, to try a different way. I love asking that question. So I'll ask you the other question, which is what has been your biggest success or win so far in your career or in your personal life? I would say... I think my biggest success, mostly in the life, but I think it translates into professional life as well, has been taking up acrobatics. I started that freshman year of college and I was actually terrified of heights. I like the reason I joined acrobatics was because when I went to go visit my college during perspective student weekend, I like saw an acrobatics show put on by a club at the school. And I was like, that looks really hard. That looks also very scary. I want to do it. Like I want to figure out how to do it. And so when I actually started college, I like asked one of my friends who like lived in like the residence dorms with me. And I was like, hey, like there's a circus club on campus. Would you want to maybe do it? And he's like, yeah, sure. Like I'll go for it. And I remember once like we were trying different moves together and he had done cheerleading before. So he was like a little bit more comfortable than I was. And on one of the moves, he's like, oh yeah, there's this move. It's called like too high where I I would basically be standing on his shoulders. And I was like, okay, that doesn't sound too bad. I will stand on your shoulders and hold onto the walls if I feel wobbly and whatnot. So I did it and I got onto his shoulders and I was like, okay, cool. This was fun. Can you put me down now? And he was like, you have to jump down. And I was like, what do you mean I have to jump down? I think he's like somewhere between, those are like six feet tall. He's like, I just have to jump. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I was like, there's got to be another way down. Just this is the only way. If you want to get down, you have to jump down. And I think like in that moment in my head, I was absolutely terrified because the idea of jumping off of this man's shoulders felt insane to me. I was like, why did I get myself in this situation? Like, I'm not doing this ever again. Like, why, Jess, you didn't ask enough questions. But then at the end, I was like, okay, there's literally no way down. I must jump and trust in myself, trust in like the partner I was working with that it's going to be okay. And so I like jumped and I landed on my feet and everything was okay. And now looking back, that happened, I don't know, maybe six years ago, looking back or when you couldn't jump down, I was like, yeah, that felt like the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And now I do it all the time. So I think for me, acrobatics symbolizes that moment of feeling completely terrified of where you are and like about taking that next step, but also recognizing like it's now or never. Am I really going to be held back by my fears or am I just going to trust that something out there some way somehow is going to catch me and that I'm going to be okay so I would I definitely call that particular moment just one of my biggest successes because I think that mindset shift has been incredibly helpful in everything else that I do it's such a metaphor for life (laughs) it really is and it's crazy that you brought that up because I was gonna go on my stories yesterday I just got so late that I didn't but I was gonna talk about something similar where I was going through 
the podcast because I've learned like certain things that have worked and haven't worked. And I had to go through the 60 episodes I've done and one by one edit this thing that I had, I didn't know I, I needed to put on every episode or change it up. I had to organize it. And when I started, I had no idea. So I didn't do that. And I had to go back one by one, do this. And as I was doing it, I started smiling because I realized that I was terrified of starting this podcast. The first episode, I was trembling and I'm 60 episodes in. And I was like, I didn't even know I needed to like put this in the show notes or have this perfectly curated. And I didn't even care. I didn't, I hadn't had it perfectly done when I started it. And now it's like what you said, someone caught me, like the show caught me and is showing me that I was able to do it. And now I know how to do it and I can continue doing it in a way that is is different. Enjoy it now. And it's the same thing that you went through, just like jumping is now something you always do when you go to acrobats. So it's like, it's just a metaphor for life. I think we always get so scared to start things or to do things. We don't believe that we can, or we're scared of what, how it'll hurt us. Instead, it's such a, it's such a moment to pivot, such a moment to transform into this new person that you can rely on, that you can become, that you can do these hard things. And I love your answer. It really reminded me of that. So thanks for sharing. Of course, fear is something that like we build up for ourselves or even like seeing someone go through something and you're like, oh, I don't want to go like through that or getting hurt. You're like, I don't want to get hurt again. Part of that is for safety. And so definitely taking that into consideration. But I think another part of that is just like our bodies wanting to keep us quote unquote safe, whatever that means to ourselves. So when something feels scary, our bodies don't do it. Like, like something's not safe. We don't know like in our head what the exact outcome is going to be and so like better not to take that chance it's a hard thing to do in practice like I think it's easy to be like yeah like fear holds a lot of people back from their biggest dreams from moving from trying something new but overcoming that fear has to be such an intentional thing because you have to recognize it in yourself and you have to be like okay even though this really truly scares me to my core how do I start chipping at it to get to where I want to go and I think that's I think that's like what it comes down to are you willing to at least work through it and take some of those steps and I think it's very likely that on the other side of that is going to be something wonderful and great that you can't even imagine because you're stuck in your fear right now the most rewarding part of fear is when you overcome it you look back and you realize why was I even afraid what was that thing that was holding me back why And then you realize that you're fine. Everything worked out. (laughs) And it's usually the way it goes. You get scared. You don't take action. You keep waiting and waiting, overthinking, wanting. And then once you actually just go for it, fear first, just go for the thing you want. And you're on the other side. You look back and you're like, why was I even waiting? Why was I wanting this and not going for it why was I just overthinking instead of taking this action that I knew would give me the result I wanted and I have found that taking action through fear has given me more than what I knew I could get or have so an example with the show is just I thought I would just have a podcast but now this whole world opened up of self-development and connecting with other people in the space and I never thought that could be possible I never thought that that was something I wanted, nor could I get there. And now I'm here. And it's, if I had never done it, I would have never known. 
So I think it's something for people to think about who's listening to this podcast. If you have something you want to go for, do not wait because you're going to look back and see how far you've come. And it's better to try and know than never to try and never know. Yeah. And going off of that, like it's never too late to get started. I think never a lot too late. Of we're like, oh, I should have done that two years ago, but because I didn't like now I can't. It's nope. Like you're here today. Like you are alive. You are like able to do it. Go for it. Or like just write it down or like research that thing on how to get started. Like we have so many resources just available to us. You can get started any day. So why not do it today? Yeah. And the whole premise of the show when I started, it was to highlight young creative entrepreneurs that were doing what they wanted to do, regardless of what people told them, like they were too young to do. And I think it's the same thing for what you said. It's never too late. Even if you are older, even if you are in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, I don't know, 30s, 40s, like it doesn't matter what age you are. Just go for it. What do you have to lose? And you can always reinvent yourself. You can always learn. You can always pivot. But just taking that action gives you yourself the belief that you're able to do the things you want to do and you figure it out as you go along. Absolutely. Once you're on that role, it's easier to keep that momentum going and it's easier to the people you'll meet along the way and, you know, the support systems you'll build. And even if the people who initially were like, you're too young or you're too old or you're not experienced enough, I think you'll find out as you're trying something new, as you're becoming an entrepreneur, who's really there for you and who's going to step up to the plate and be like, hey, I know it's not easy, but you've got this. And if you need me, like I'm here, let me know how I can help. And it's how that support system ends up finding you because they're like, hey, you're out there and you're going out there and you're like killing it. Like I, you're motivating them to, oh, I should also, is there something I've been wanting to try that I've been holding back? And I think that's how we give each other permission to dream big and to keep dreaming big is by ourselves just doing it, going for it, making the best of it. And I think it's like really beautiful what ends up coming out of it at the other side with the communities we end up forming. And to celebrate the little things along the way, I think really help with that journey is celebrating like the one little win you had that day. Like you said, like celebrating the fact that you opened up to the women that you shared the Uber with. Little things like that are big celebrations really throughout the journey because they give you more of that momentum. They give you more of that belief within yourself. Like everything's okay. There's something I did today that was good. And that in itself is something to highlight, nourish, nurture. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what it's all about is just looking at the things that are working, really enjoying the journey because the destination you just get there. You get there with all the hard work, but if you're not enjoying that journey while you get there, I don't know. Like it just, I feel like that's what it's all about. And so that's the whole thing that people say with artists that win the awards after the day they win it, they're like, what now? And what do you mean? Like you just did a whole album or you just did this whole project with incredible people and just enjoying that so that when you get there, it's such a celebration of all the small little things you've overcome and the small little big wins you've had, it just makes it all worth it. It's really interesting because I feel like our entire lives were brought up to think about what's next and like how to work towards that next. In in elementary school, it's all about, oh, what high school are you going to go to? In high school, what college are you going to go to? In college, what are you going to major in? What are you going to do after college? That I think we're not often taught how to just 
enjoy where we are, like celebrate the wins of where we are without necessarily seeing it as like a step towards the next big thing, because there will always be a next thing. But if you're consistently changing or chasing like what's next and what's next and what's after what's and what's afterwards, you'll end up at the other side, but being like, why didn't I enjoy the last eight years of my life when I was doing really cool things? Like maybe I hadn't gone to my goal yet, but still doing really cool things, learning the people that were around you, the experiences that you had. At the end of the day, that's what really counts, like you mentioned. But I, I just feel like oftentimes as society, we're so focused on the next job, just the next thing to come. If you win an award, oh yeah, okay, great. You won that award. What's your next move? that we don't often just sit and be like, no, like I did this. This is where I am right now. These are my wins in this moment. It doesn't always have to be about moving forward. That's become more difficult with the years because of social media, because of all the highlights we see, all the accomplishments of people that are being posted. And we have to remember that's not always the way it is. And that what you're working on, what you're doing every single day is what should be highlighted in your own life. Jess, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Please let us know where we can find you. What's on your agenda? What are you working on where we can support you? I am on TikTok and Instagram. My handle is at Elialith underscore Jess. It's like my middle name, but I am actually, thanks to Drea and some of the conversations we've had, also working on a podcast. It will not launch until 2023. So still a few months away, but it I've decided it will be called the frequency of joy, circling into the fact that joy is not like a stagnant kind of state of mind all the time. It ebbs and flows and talking about some of those like highest highs, some of the lowest lows and everything in between. But if you also, if you are a current college student or know a college student in your life, you can find the book that I wrote and published last year called Spread Your Wings and Fly, spelled F-L-I. How to Effectively Navigate College as a First-Generation Low-Income Student. And if there's ever anything I can do to support anyone in that space in regards to college, where I went to school, what application process was like, any resources or anything, my DMs are always open. So feel free to send me a message and I will do what I can if I don't know the resource to point you at least in the right direction. But always happy to help and always a resource for anyone that needs it. Here are the takeaways from Jess's episode. Number one. Focus on one part at a time. Number two, small changes do add up. Number three, make friends by going to places you love. Chances are they also have the same values as you. Number four, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Number five, life isn't going to go your way every day. But what if you look for the opportunity? Number six, as a creator, some things will go really well. And some of those things will not go as we expected. That's normal. Number seven, are you really going to be held back by your fears or are you going to trust that something out there will catch you? Number eight, you can get started any day, so why not get started today? And number nine, celebrate the little wins along the journey. Her book and her socials are linked below in the show notes. You can also find the Patreon community information there as well and my website. And if you want to contact me directly, then you know that you can also DM me at Drea Lopez without the Ian Lopez or at the Journey of Pursuit. I'll see you guys next time. Ciao!